Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Welcome to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is, Mr. Cage in the house. How's it going, brother? It's going great, brother. All right. Glad to hear it, man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another rainy day here in the beautiful state of Kentucky. but And uh, I think it's been kind of gloomy around your place, too, right? Oh, yeah, we are getting lots and lots of rain right now in the Northeast. Yeah, it's kind of backwards these last couple of years. It used to be April showers bring Mayflowers, but now it's always uh, bringing in the June rain. <laughs> but, uh, folks, if this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Also, hit that notification button so you know every time we upload a new episode. We do upload two episodes a week on Tuesday and Saturday. We talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future, as well as promotions and superstars. Uh, also, Mr. Cage has a podcast, Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell him about that, sir. Yes, I co-host the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube with Jigsaw Jester and Top Tier Rated. We've been uh, recording for uh, close to a little over two years now. It's uh, hard to hard to realize we've been going that, that long, but uh, we've we've a lot of uh, fun new content coming out in the very near future. So if you want to take a look at all of our episodes we've done to date, you can just visit our YouTube channel. Yep, highly recommended, folks. Highly recommended. Check out, check them out. Also, if you're into current news, politics, interesting interviews, and all that good stuff, I do host the Red Pill Current News podcast. We drop two episodes a week there. Uh, also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, uh, you can always, or you have any questions for Donnie or myself, or you want to shout out, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also in the description below is the link to our social media, merch shop, all that good stuff. Be sure to check it out. And uh, we love interacting with you guys. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't want to do this without you. Wouldn't do it without you, as we always say. So, all right. So let's get into some results here before we get started in today's show. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, we'll start off with Dynamite results, and then we'll go into SmackDown results. Dynamite, then SmackDown. One, two, three, I will have to say that Collision, in my opinion, 
beat Dynamite, whipped its butt all over the place this week. So let's get into some results. We had a trios match. Uh, Action Andrade, Darius Martin, and A.R. Fox. Uh, they competed against Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki. And Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki are your winners. Now, I know this was to set up the match, uh, the triple threat match against against the uh, Sting and Darby Allen and what have you. But can I say one thing? This Action Andrade guy comes in, debuts, Chris Jericho puts him over. He actually pins Chris Jericho for the win. And ever since then, he has done nothing but lose. <laughs> you talk about a shining star that sizzled out fast. And I mean fast. That is Action Andrade. There was nothing good about this match. It's just the right people won. But th this was ridiculous. The only thing that I miss in this match was Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. They didn't do their pose. And why don't they do their pose? Why? Why? Do the pose. That makes the whole match fun. Your thoughts on that match, sir? It was a showcase for Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki, and Chris Jericho, as I anticipated it would be. So this was a warm-up match to show you what they can do as a trio going into that big six-man tag at Forbidden Door, which we'll talk about more later. So, I mean, the right team won here. There's no question about it. As far as action, Andretti, you know, Kentucky guy is a young guy. He's got he's to get his feet wet in the industry a bit more. And, I mean, I mean, who knows what's going to happen to him in the future. Uh, maybe he'll be featured more prominently on Rampage or Collision at some point. But, uh, yeah. I mean, not a real lot to say about this match, except it was a good showcase for Chris Jericho and company. I see a brighter future for AR Fox than I do Action Andrade, in my opinion. I just think he's got more of an upside to him. Uh, next match, we had Orange Cassidy teaming with Shibata uh, versus Daniel Garcia and Zack Sabre Jr. And the winner, and finally... We go a week without seeing the orange-headed freak get his hand raised. Winners, Daniel Garcia and Zach Sabre Jr. Uh, the match was okay. It really, I thought Daniel Garcia looked very, very good in this match. I don't think he had much of a partner, but I thought he looked very good in this match. I don't understand why Shibata, somebody that gifted of an athlete from Japan, is teaming with somebody like Orange Cassidy. I don't get that at all. But the right team won. We had a concession stand brawl. Mark Briscoe versus Jeff Jarrett. Mark Briscoe won that match. He defeated all odds. And, buddy, he had a lot of odds going against him. But here's, here's the thing. Why, <laughs> Why would Mark Briscoe and some of the other guys that came out to help him Align, to, align them or even be around the best friends, knuckleheads. Why? Makes zero, zero sense to me. Mark Briscoe is your winner. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches, sir? 
you know what really upset me about the Mark Briscoe Jeff Jarrett match? It's the fact that um, I would have preferred seeing something more like a bunkhouse brawl because it would have been a nice throwback to uh, Jeff Jarrett's old days in Memphis uh, in that territory. But you know, they did a concession stand brawl instead. I don't have a problem with Mark Briscoe going over here, uh, but like I said to you, him being paired up with the best friends, uh, that's a weird combination, what can I say? Um, the tag team match, though, is a nice little uh, preview of what we're going to see in the Fatal 4-Way match for the International Championship. I agree with you, Kentucky guy. Uh, the heels should have gone over in this match, and they did. Um, because truth be told, they're, in my opinion, they are the two best workers in this match, although Shibata is also a very good worker himself. So that's going to be an interesting Fatal 4-Way contest. Yeah, so just to caveat on the concession stand match, or brawl, and you may not, uh, you may not be aware of this, but in Ring of Honor, uh, Jay Briscoe competed, uh, which is Mark Briscoe's brother, uh, by the way, which I know most most everybody knows that, and we lost him earlier this year. Um, he competed in the first ever concession stand brawl, so I think that match was basically set up for Mark Briscoe because he even had Mark and Jay's dad get involved in the match. So I think that was just a, like a tribute or something to him, which I thought was cool. I thought yeah, it was all right. Well, in that in that case, that makes total sense then. Yeah, yeah, and if you notice. They didn't really do anything. Like, I would have rather, like, Jay Briscoe, man, he got ketchup mustard. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good match. It was funny. Uh, then we had the Hardy Boys lose, 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 lose for the first time as a tag team against the Guns. What? Sure enough, Jeff and Matt Hardy lost to Billy Gunn's boys, the Guns. And that's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. I, you know, it's not like these guns, like these boys are, this tag team is new. They wrestled all over the country for years now with their dad. Uh, you may not have heard of them if you don't follow indie wrestling, but them winning that match really surprised me. Your thoughts? Well, I think the reason the guns were booked to go over in this match is I think I read recently that Jeff Hardy is due to take some time off from AEW, so he's not going to be on television for a little while. Um, which, again, with all the issues he's had in the past, I absolutely think he should only be used in small doses anyway. Um, I would have liked to have seen the Hardys go over in this match because I'm always going to be a fan of them as a tag team, but... They had the former tag team champions, the Gun Club, go over. I mean, I'm not a big fan of these guys personally. I understand they're not newbies or anything like that, but I'm just not really a fan of theirs. It, it's uh, for the for the Gun Club or the Guns, whatever they call themselves now. For them to be the one to end the undefeated streak as, of the Hardys as a tag team. Is what really shocked. Not so much that they got the one, two, three. Anybody can get a one, two, three on any given day. But to end that record, kind of like Chris Statlander did with Jay Cargo, that's surprising to me. And then we had the TBS championship on the line Chris Statlander versus Valky. Taya Valky. Uh, look, 
I don't get it. I don't get Chris Stanlander, the big push with her. She won the match. She actually won the match fair and square in the middle of the ring. I don't like that. I think they're going to lose this fantastic female star that they have by not booking her the right way. And I and that's sad because I have a headline that we're going to talk about where her husband looks like he just signed an AEW contract. So it just, you know, I think it's it's poor booking, poor management on this part. And then we had Adam Cole. We had a couple promos here. Adam Cole, uh, and he called out MJF, my guy. And the champ came out. They talked a little bit of trash. And then come to find out, good old Tony Schiavone's got to ruin everything. Come to find out, in the classic tournament, they will be tag team partners. They do this crap. They stole this from the WWE. They do this crap all the time. It doesn't work. It never works. I've even seen them take a future opponents and put titles on them. It doesn't make any sense. I, why? You have enough tag teams. You don't need a makeshift tag team that you put together, try to go out here and do something. We had Brian Danielson call out Okada. Okada showed up. Danielson went after him, but he missed him, and he hit his own partner on the combat club, Ruta, and then he got hit by the Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. Okada, I cannot wait to see him at Forbidden Door. I know we're going to talk about it. Eddie Kingston also did a promo real quick, called out John Moxley, told him that you know they were friends for so long. Who cares what Eddie Kingston has to say? I like the beat down. I hope he continues to get beat up. Beat up. I can't understand why my elites have anything to do with this trash. Eddie Kingston is not a real professional wrestler. And he just needs to go back wherever he was before now. But uh, your thoughts on any of that, sir? I liked the MJF and Adam Cole promo up until the announcement about them being paired up. This I agree with you, Kentucky guy. I don't like when two people who are feuding are suddenly put into a tag team. There's only been rare instances where it's ever worked. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro being an example in WWE. And that took a while before it really clicked. Um, but I, I don't like this. I mean, the two of them are in the middle of feuding over the AEW World Championship. Um, this is what people want to see. They want to see them fight each other, not team up. So I don't understand the logic here. And like you just said, plenty of tag teams to go around right now. They, you don't need to put these two together as a makeshift tag team. I'm not super invested in the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley storyline. Again, I am also not an Eddie Kingston fan. So hopefully the Blackpool Combat Club just wins this feud and it's over and done with very quickly. But what I am invested in is the upcoming match between Brian Danielson and Okada. This is a great segment. Um, I, I th this is going to be a tough one to call at Forbidden Door because they're both amazing workers. But I am I'm just so excited for it because it's not often you see Okada in the United States. He's always competing over in Japan for the most part. He does make the occasional trip over to the U.S., but 
he mostly competes exclusively over in his homeland. So this is a real treat for wrestling fans. As far as the TBS championship goes, you know, I'm willing to give Chris Statlander a little bit of a chance, but the fact that she had to beat Taya Valkyrie for the belt, who was the person who really should have ended Jade Cargill's TBS championship run, I just don't understand. So it would have been one thing if Chris Statler came back and was the one to eventually beat Taya Valkyrie for the belt, but for her to end Jade Cargill's reign after Taya Valkyrie softened her up, which was mentioned in a, a promo the two of them did recently, um, yeah, it just feels kind of cheap. Yeah, and you know, once and I know I said this before, but it's like AEW thinks that we have amnesia or something, and we forgot that Chris Statlander was losing every single match before she got hurt. She was losing losing every single match. And to bring her back and put a belt around her, I don't care if it is just the TBS championship belt, it does not make any sense whatsoever. But I'm like you, man, Okada. Dude, I'm here for that. Been a huge fan of his for many, many years. One of the best matches I'll ever remember is him and Kenny Omega. And you might say, well, which one? And Exactly. Because every time those two got in the ring, they put on a show. So let's move on over to SmackDown results. The beginning of the Bloodline Civil War. On the heels of the betrayal of Roman Reigns, three years in the making, the Usos kicked off Friday's episode of SmackDown by setting up the Bloodline Civil War match. The Tribal Chief and Solo Sequoia at Money in the Bank versus the Usos. By the way, that's next Saturday. We'll be giving our prediction on Tuesday. So... Not a whole lot to unpack here. It's basically they just regurgitated what happened last week, and you know, calling you know tr Roman Reigns is just for himself, and that's not a true leader, and blah blah blah. So I, I still think something. And yes, they are saying the USO. Welcome to the USO Penitentiary again. I like that. I do. But I still think. Something's going to happen. And I'm going to throw a curveball, Mr. Cage, into this. I think instead of the the, the dirt sheets are saying Jey Uso is going to turn on Jimmy and Money in the Bank, I think Jimmy is going to be the one to turn on Jay. Yeah. I think somehow, for some reason, Jimmy is going to be the one to turn his back on his brother. And cost them the match. Your thoughts on the opening segment of SmackDown? I mean, another uh, very fiery promo from the Usos. I'm definitely looking forward to the Bloodline Civil War match. That's an interesting theory you have there, Kentucky guy, about Jimmy actually being the one to turn against Jay. And there's a part of me that feels that if they do the opposite, if they do Jay turning on Jimmy... That's a little bit too predictable because of the fact that 
Jay was already yelling at Jimmy last week before they both turned on Roman Reigns and super kicked the tribal chief. But what if the whole idea is, you know, Jimmy's still, even after all this time, still trying to get in the tribal chief's good favor, and he's going to turn on Jay, and Jay's going to have to go off on his own when all is said and done. Because you do have to remember, historically, that's who it all started with. It all started uh, with a feud between Jay and Roman Reigns back in the day. And that was what led to Jay finally acknowledging Roman as the tribal chief. He was the first first one. He was the one who helped form the foundation of the bloodline with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. So, I'll tell you, for, for Jimmy to turn on his brother after all that's transpired, that would be shocking. Yeah, and I can't get the... The one part of last week out of my head when Roman Reigns said that Jimmy was the one who voted against making Jay the right-hand man of Roman Reigns in the bloodline. And I think there's, it's going to, the a cool twist to this story would be Jimmy is jealous of Jay and has always wanted the right-hand man to Roman himself for himself. Thus, that's why he went behind enemy lines and turned against his brother. I'm telling you, even if that don't happen, we should write a storyline. Because <laughs> that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah. And we're going to see these guys here in, just, uh, in the main event as well. They show back up. Then we had a women's tag team championship match to unify the world title and the NXT Women's Tag Team Champion title. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Albin Fry and uh, Isla Dawn. Now, these girls are are decent wrestlers from NXT. However, I kind of knew how this match was going to go when I first heard about it. And they did unify the tag team titles in the NXT title. And your winner... Ronda Rousley and Shayna Baszler. Interesting enough, Morgan, Liv Morgan, shows back up at the end of the match with Raquel uh, Rodriguez, who are the former champion. Now, this isn't a good feud. I cannot see any day of the week where Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan are going to beat the current champions. I just don't see it. I don't think this is a very good feud. Okay, give them their rematch because they used to have the titles. Get it out of the way. But let's get some real competitors in here for these two. I mean, these two made these NXT champions, and these were dominant NXT uh, tag team champions in their in NXT. They were dominant, and they made them both tap out at the same time. Yeah, you. we have the best women's tag team champions right now. And they don't need to mess with it. They don't need to do anything. Give them some competition. Let them roll through them, in my opinion. Charlotte Flair, she had a warm-up match before uh, her pay-per-view match coming up against Asuka versus Lacey Evans. Of course, Charlotte Flair won. Lacey Evans can't win a match. She couldn't win a match with somebody fighting with no legs and no arms. She would still lose a match somehow. Your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Well... Yeah, I mean, Lacey Evans has not been booked well in WWE for quite a while now. Um, I think the last time, personally, that she was booked well might have been 
when she was feuding with Becky Lynch over the Raw Women's title, which was a couple of years ago. I think it was back in 2019. When that she was, was running around, when she was running yeah. around with Ric Flair, right? No, that was before that, even. But, but, but whatever the case, she's pretty much an afterthought these days. I mean, Charlotte is challenging Oscar for the WWE Women's Championship, so of course she's got to look strong going into the uh, title match. Um, but speaking of title match, here's my only issue with the women's unification match. And I say this about titles all the time. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire had just debuted on SmackDown. And immediately they set this match up with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. This is, a, this is supposed to be a historic moment where you unify the NXT and WWE women's title, the titles. You've got to build up to this showdown over the course of a few weeks. Let Alba Fire and Isla Dawn pick up a couple of wins on TV, show that they're a credible tag team to the SmackDown audience, then have them wrestle and lose to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. To just have them lose after one brief um, scrap on SmackDown and then a match, I just don't agree with that booking decision. I have no problem with Ronda Rousey and Shayna being the unified tag team champions. That's fine. But build up to it. Hey, you know what? I agree with you. I actually agree with you on that. I think that... uh and plus, why would you unify any title on a normal episode of SmackDown when you have pay-per-views coming up? So, yeah, they could have dragged this out. They could have started it a little bit earlier because the draft's been forever ago. They could have started a little bit earlier. They could have dragged it out. And then they could have made, hey, you know, let's unify the titles and Money in the Bank. And they've got room at Money in the Bank. I don't know if you've seen the card yet, but they've got room. So, yeah, I, I agree with that 100% because not everybody that watches Raw and SmackDown take the time and watch NXT. People have lives. So not everybody is has a sickness like myself. So, <laughs> And honestly, now what they're probably going to do at Money in the Bank is it's going to be Ronda and Shayna defending against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez because, well, we never lost the championships. Yeah, I kind of think they would have made that match last night, though, if that was going to be on. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they still have another Raw and another SmackDown to uh, to make that happen. So we'll see. Now we have, uh, let's see, Rey Mysterio took on L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is your winner. I, you know, what can I say? You know, poor Rey, you know, he's 20 years in. Uh you know, the right guy won. L.A. Knight. I'm looking, my money, my not my money, but I'm still thinking that L.A. Knight is going to be your Money in the Bank winner. I just, for some reason, I still think that. Even though the dirt sheets have changed and calling it Damian, uh, Damian Priest's uh, match to lose now, I still think L.A. Knight's are going to be your winner. And then earlier in, in the uh, segment of SmackDown, Paul Heyman and Solo are walking backstage. They just got there. Ridge Hollins, wrong place, wrong time. Big goofy guy. Boom. Sequoia takes him out with the Samoan uh, thumb right to the neck. Shaman, Sheamus, of course, that's his boy, challenges Solo to a match, to a fight. 
the match was good. I liked the match. I, it showed strength on both of these guys. I mean, we know Sheamus is a worker. He's a beast. But Solo, I mean, man, he he's so dominant. He's no slouch. The match ended in no contest. But Solo put Sheamus through through a barricade. And the ref called the match. However, Solo was going to do a little bit more damage to Sheamus. And his brothers show up, the Usos. And they lay Solo Sequoia out twice. That's, this is why... I think something's got to happen at Money in the Bank. Something. Because this is twice now, two weeks in a row, where they've got the better of Solo and uh, of the bloodline. And they laid Solo out, super kick, two times. Second time, they act like they were going after Paul Heyman, turned around and laid him out again. Boys, that's little brother. But he's, man, that you do not want to, I'm telling you, you're making a mistake. Taunting this guy. This guy's dangerous. Uh, your thoughts on those matches, sir? Oh, also, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, for some reason, I skipped over one. And uh, the match was meant nothing to me. Probably why I skipped over it. The Street Profits versus Pretty Deadly. I don't even know why the Street Profits came out and challenged these guys. Of course they lost. They're Pretty Deadly. <laughs> you know, I, I could care less about that match. So, go ahead, sir. Well, pretty deadly. They're the number one contenders for the for the unified uh, WWE Tag Team Championships. So of course, they've got to look strong and and win on television. So I'm not surprised at them beating the Street Profits. LA Knight, you know, he's got a lot of momentum going right now, and beating a Hall of Famer like Rey Mysterio is always a huge accomplishment, regardless of how you know, past his prime, Rey Mysterio may be. You know, he's still in good ring shape and can put on good matches. So for L.A. Knight to beat him clean in the middle of the ring, I mean, that says a lot right there. Um, I am still curious to see who's going to win that briefcase. Like you said, I really think right now it's a toss-up between Damian Priest and uh, L.A. Knight <clears throat> to walk away with that briefcase. Um, you know, the Solo-Sheamus match was good. Uh, Solo, once again... He's got to look strong here uh, against somebody like Sheamus. And, you know, the way that they're booking it right now, Kentucky guy, I would be really shocked if Solo and Roman Reigns wound up on the losing end of the Bloodline Civil War because they've had their back against the wall for a couple of weeks now. That, that doesn't happen for long in the case of the Tribal Chief. He always finds a way to get his heat back. And to get even. So, uh, the Usos are going to be in for quite a war at Money in the Bank. There's no question about it. Yeah, and I, it just, it doesn't feel right not having a true bloodline. You know what I'm saying? It's something, it doesn't, that's why, I don't know, maybe bring in some new members. I don't know. But it just, maybe where it's been going on so long. <laughs> it just doesn't feel, it, it's like left a wanting more taste in my mouth. And uh, I, it doesn't have to be the Usos. There's other ones out there, part of the family. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, so you have the, uh, let's see, you've got the next two headlines, sir. Yeah.
L.A. Knight was converted into a manager as Max Dupree because WWE was concerned about his age. I think we talked about this once before, Kentucky guy. Oh, LA, that's why. Okay. But, L.A. Knight found success in WWE NXT, but in 2022, he was called up to the main roster where he was the manager of Maximum Male Models. Ugh. He was later repackaged after Triple H took over the main roster creative following Vince McMahon's resignation, and he reverted to the L.A. Knight character. L.A. Knight had caught the attention of WWE officials after working a dark match. I come up for a dark match. I get the attention of the right people. Hey, who is this guy? But then the age thing comes up. Oh, no, he's 40. Danger. But I'm not the average 40-year-old. I haven't gone through the ringer. I haven't had a bunch of surgeries or injuries. Knock on that wood. I've lived a good, youthful life in a certain sense, and I've taken care of myself in a way I would say most don't. Knight noted that he pushed to go back to the Knight gimmick, but didn't know if it was a real possibility because he had only portrayed it in NXT. He put himself over for his ability to change characters and make people forget about the Max Dupree character, because that is just a fact of life. Um, which is what he used to say uh, when he was Eli Drake in Impact years ago. I'm so glad that they went back to the L.A. Knight gimmick. When they brought him up as a manager, I thought, what a waste of this guy's talent. Not because he is wouldn't excel in a role as a talker, but, th- you know, think about this. The guy, okay, he's 40. But yet, you have guys like Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles and uh, Bobby Lashley, who are well into their 40s, and yet they are still treated like bona fide main event talents. And they're booked to look very strong. So why should a guy like L.A. Knight, who just turned 40, be, be treated any differently? No, I agree. Uh, and yeah, we did talk about his age before, but I did not know that was the reason why he, was, he took that horrible storyline as a manager. So finally... Finally, it comes out, so that that's great. I, uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, he was able to prove himself. And you know, he's right. Even in Impact and Ring of Honor, I can't remember a time where he was out for injuries, anything serious. So he's spot on on that, as far as I can remember. I followed his career for a very long time. Uh, he had a storyline injury one time with his neck. Acted like he got his neck broke in, uh, I think it was MLW, <laughs> but uh, it was all it was just a storyline injury. So yeah, uh, I'm glad that he's taking care of himself. And you know, look how long and how late in life Ric Flair wrestled. And I'm talking about every day, not not just his his 20th retirement match. Look how long he actually wrestled. And then you know you have other wrestlers who who else who also took care of themselves. That wrestled had a longevity in this sport. Man, Greg the Hammer Valentine is still fighting in these school gymnasiums. So yeah, I, I think they might have jumped the gun there a little bit on LA Night. And uh, I'm like you, I'm glad they came to their senses. And he is LA Night once again. Come on, let me talk to you. All right, sir, you got the next headline. All right. Kofi Kingston believes that WWE star will be a world champion one day. I was curious to know who he was talking about until I scrolled down further. Kofi Kingston knows what it's like to be WWE champion as he went on a wild journey in 2019 
as he became a main event star that was capped off with winning the WWE title from Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. Kingston dropped the title to Brock Lesnar on the October 4th, 2019 episode of SmackDown. While appearing on the Battleground podcast, Kingston noted he thinks his good friend Xavier Woods will be WWE <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion one day. Come again? Did I read this right? Wow. It's coming. You know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. I've been out now for almost 12 weeks, and Woods has been doing his thing as a singles competitor. I don't think a lot of people realize how talented he is. He's just out there proving it every single week. You know, it's just a matter of time. So Woods, uh, he's saying here, anytime Woods beats the Miz, Miz puts one of his replica titles on the line. Oh, this is for their Up, Up, Down, Down show. Okay. Uh, look, Xavier Woods is talented. He's a great talker. He's got personality. He's got athleticism. He's had a great career in WWE as a tag team wrestler. And yes, he even won the King of the Ring tournament a couple years back. Um, World Heavyweight Champion, uh, I don't know about that. Especially if he were to stick with the New Day gimmick, I could not see another member of the New Day being... I mean, yes, Big E won the title on Raw. But that, that's largely because of his look. You know, he, he has the look of a main eventer, you know, the way he's built and everything. Kofi Kingston had paid his dues for years and years and years in WWE and was organically um, get, getting the crowd's support. Xavier Woods, I don't think, has ever had that level of crowd support to the point where he could be a world champ, though. Maybe it's just me. You know, when you started reading that, I thought it was going to be like somebody cool. I should have known that it was the other member of that stupid New Day crap. Yeah, this is a joke. This is a this whole headline is a waste of time. Sorry, I should have read it before I sent it to you. It's it just it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about that. I mean, it's it's stupid. Xavier Woods is not talented enough. He doesn't have the move set. To be a champion, he doesn't have the charisma to a crowd by himself, at least, unless he's got his little horn or his buddies around him or his pancakes. He just, I mean, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. You know, and, and I like Kobe Kingston, but let's be honest, one of the black guys, the worst mistakes WWE creative ever did was put that title on him. They've actually been afraid to put it on other superstars because of the consequences they faced when they put it around Kofi Kingston, so he should have never been champion. There's no way, no way. I was surprised that uh, this guy was actually king of the ring at, at one time. That didn't make any sense to me. You know, Selena Vega was the queen, so I guess <laughs> it all went in stride. But anyways, all right, let's see. Let me do, uh, what do we, yeah, let me do two headlines and then we'll get into our predictions. Uh, WWE stars frustrated after Vince McMahon made changes to SmackDown. Here we go again. Days after Vince McMahon made notable changes to the format of Monday's episode of WWE Raw, he did so yet again to Friday's SmackDown. I knew there were matches. Sorry, but I'm going to go on a little tangent. I knew that I read a match card that was different than the one we had. I knew I did. There were several changes to the show, including advertised matches not taking place, such as 
Bailey versus Shotzi with a spot in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match on the line. Cameron Grimes versus Baron Corbin and Santos Escobar versus Butch versus L.A. Knight triple threat match. Instead, Knight wrestled Rey Mysterio while Charlotte Flair was added to the card. WWE did keep the WWE and NXT Women's Tag Team Championship unification match between Rousey and the, and the title holders, and they did keep the Bloodline segment that was originally advertised. Sean Ross, SAP of Frankville Select, reported that there were significant changes to the version of the show that existed Friday morning. And he's right, because I remember seeing the match card, and it was different. Fightful confirmed recent tweets sent out by WRKD Wrestling regarding several talents who were frustrated by all the changes. The same as the case was for Raw. Here we go again. Now, I'm going to jump right in this other headline because it goes right along with it. Ricochet. Vince McMahon is still involved in the WWE creative. Although Vince McMahon has stated that he's no longer in the weeds of WWE creative, he's been getting more involved in it since returning to the executive role January 2023. While Triple H is still the chief content officer, McMahon has made some changes to the shows throughout the year, a common occurrence since agreeing to be required, acquired by the Endover Group in April. As previously reported, McMahon made several changes to Monday's Raw, including nixing Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Title Open Challenge. While speaking to Joe Baymont of Sporf Ricochet was asked about whether McMahon is involved in Kratos. Quote, Vince is still involved, and Vince is still talked to. He's still someone that everyone looks to, especially with creative. So he's got his fingers in everything, too. I think Triple H and everybody in creative is just trying to do the best they can and bringing out the best in who they have. They're trying to work to everyone's strengths. I think that's something that Triple H has always done. They wanted to grow the brand as much as possible whether it's Raw or SmackDown or NXT. They're trying to highlight the strengths of everybody. I think it's been great so far. Everybody sees the popularity of the brand now, so they just want to expand it as much as possible. I think what, they're, what they've been doing recently with everybody has been great, especially everybody's been going out there and giving it their all, he said. Now, this is probably one of the worst book guys in the company <laughs> but he's saying how how great it is. It's so great. I don't know, man. Here we go again. Vince McMahon. Uh, I don't, now, the changes to SmackDown, the changes to Raw were great. These changes to SmackDown, I, you know, you still got to have the, you still got one, are you just going to hand the fifth spot in the women's money in the bank like you did to Logan Paul? Uh, to to a female, I mean, you got you, you got to have that match before Saturday. Next Saturday, just doesn't make any sense. Your thoughts, sir? Vince McMahon just can't help himself. As long as he is involved with the company in some way, he's going to insert himself when he feels he needs to. Um, and it's always debatable whether he makes changes for the better or not. In the case of Raw, yeah, I guess he made a couple of tweaks that didn't hurt the show in any way. But um, SmackDown, I mean, I, I don't like when matches are advertised and then they don't happen. 
unless there's a specific real like storyline excuse for it, um, that 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 I just that I just don't like it. Um, and these last minute changes, whether people acknowledge them or not, have to be frustrating for those working behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so let's get into. Yeah, we're almost out of time. Let's get into Forbidden Door predictions. <laughs> and this is actually Forbidden Door number two. Here we go. IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship on the line. Current champion Kenny Omega defends against Will Ospreay. Uh, I mean, it's no question who I've got. I've got Kenny Omega. He's my guy. Your thoughts, sir? This is this is a tough one because they had such an awesome match earlier this year. We know this is going to be another great follow-up. I still feel like because the majority of the time Kenny's in AEW rather than in New Japan, that it just it makes more sense to give it to a guy who was more of a full-time New Japan competitor. This is going to be a, a, a great match, Kentucky guy, no question about it. But I've got to go with the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay, on this one. Wow. Wow. You've lost your mind. Brian Danielson takes on Okada. I've got Okada. Of course I've got Okada. Rainmaker, get out of here. Your choice. Your choice. And I know that you're thinking that you're going to say Daniel Bryant because that's your boy. But Okada, Okada, Okada. Is going to be the winner in this match. And I know, I know, I know you're thinking, oh, Brian Danielson, you know, blah, blah. I remember you taking and holding Brian Danielson's jock when uh, he was getting ready to face MJF. But go ahead and give your prediction. You're going to be surprised, actually, at my prediction. Um, this is going to be another great match. Uh, so much great back and forth and counter holds and everything. And it's, it will not be an easy victory. But I think the novelty of having Okada compete in AEW, something he only does like once or twice a year, same thing with coming over to the United States, that in and of itself is enough to have Okada win this match. I think it's going to take multiple Rainmakers, but I do predict a Kazushika Okada victory. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Good. Good call. Uh, AEW World Championship on the line. MJF versus Tanahashi. Man, you know I've got to pick my boy. Of course he's going to keep the title. MJF, what say you? I mean, clearly this is being this is being set up for us to get a new world champ here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I uh, this will be another good match. Um, never know; it might be uh, a dark horse of a match that'll surprise a lot of people. Um, I think Tanahashi will uh, work well with MJF here, but uh, yeah, MJF's going to retain the AEW World Title. Yeah, just like this next match, I don't even know why Jungle Boy is in this match. I know he answered the open challenge, but this is ridiculous. He's not ready for anything like this. Uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Current champion Sonata versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Sonata's going to wipe the floor with this guy. Do you, I mean, have you guys watched? I know he's not been on AEW, but has surely you guys have seen Sonata and what he does. 
because and you, this guy is a beast. Jungle Boy shouldn't even be in this match. Uh, your prediction? This is one of those instances where I kind of agree with you, Kentucky guy, even though I can respect Jungle Boy's ability. An IWGP world title? Uh, yeah, I, I I just don't see it. I, I really wish this, that this was somebody like Juice Robinson or Jay White challenging Sonata. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Sonata's going to retain here. And then we have the men's uh, Owen Hart Cup tournament, the first round. Actually starts at Forbidden Door. And we have CM Punk versus Satoshi Fahimi. I don't know. Uh, I picked the Santos guy. Your, your prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, CM Punk for this match. Do you know how to pronounce that guy's name? Satoshi Kojima. Thank you. AEW International Championship four-way match. No. Let me come back to that. Sorry. I skipped one. AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. I've got to pick Tony Storm. Willow's got a belt in New Japan that she beat because uh, Mercedes got injured. And I just, yeah, I don't think, I don't even know why. Yeah, I've got Tony Storm. Who do you predict? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Willow's definitely showing improvement in the ring, don't get me wrong, but she's not primed and ready for an AEW World uh, Women's World Championship yet. So, yeah, this is, uh, I predict, Tony Storm. Yeah, now I'm not saying Tony Storm will win it clean. I'm sure Ruby will get involved somehow. But yeah, uh, AEW International Championship four-way match. Current champion Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata versus Daniel Garcia. Now, I may surprise you all on my pick, but I actually picked Shibata to win this match. He's good enough. I don't know why he's even tag-teaming with Orange Cassidy, he's good enough to take this belt. Uh, your prediction, sir? Um, this is going to be a tough one to call. I think if any, there were going to be any time for Orange Cassidy to drop the belt, it would be here at Forbidden Door. Yep. There's still that part of me that says they're not going to let him, but I'm just going to make a bold prediction, and I'm going to say that, uh, that Zack Sabre Jr. is going to win the International Championship. Wow. Wow, that that's <laughs> that's surprising. I'm yeah, probably and, wrong, but not surprising. I figured you would pick Garcia. I didn't think you'd pick uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, you know, you've got to you've got to have. I, you can't have another Forbidden Door where all of AEW wins every single match like you did last year. You got to have some title. You got to have some mixture in there. People, it's going to become so obvious nobody's going to want to watch it. Yeah. We have a 10-man tag team match. John Moxley. Uh, John Moxley, Claudio, Wheeler Yuta, uh, Takashiti, and uh, Umino. Shada Umino. Versus Hangman Adam Page. The Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston. Uh, Tamiro Isha. I'm going to pick the Elite on this, of course. Now, I will say one thing, though. I do think that these folks, John Moxley, Claudio, Willer Yuta, add Daniel Bryant to the mix. I think this is Don's new family. He just keeps showing up with these guys. I think it's his new family. He was talking about in that interview. 
Uh, your prediction, sir. And that's actually ties into why um, I think they're going to keep the momentum going. So I'm going to predict uh, Team Blackpool Combat Club is going to win this one. Six-man tag team match. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, And to be announced, to be announced, I'm going to pick Jericho's team. Got to. Even though I think there is a small possibility, just a small one, Sammy Guevara is going to get uh, drink the orange juice that Darby Allen put out there, and he's going to cost Jericho this match. I think there's a possibility there, but I'm still got to go with Jericho. Uh, your prediction? Um, well, before I give my prediction, any prediction on who their partner is going to be, Kentucky guy? You know, I, I really, is it somebody we've seen? Is it somebody that has a history with Jericho? There's so many questions I have to this partner. Like, could it be Juventud Guerrero? I mean, could it be somebody from the, you know, like uh, Diamond Dallas Page? Or, or could it be somebody that's currently with the AEW company that we don't see a whole, like Miro or somebody who has no, no connection to Jericho whatsoever, but you know, he's still there. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a prediction on who it could be because it could be anybody. What are you thinking? I'm going to predict it might be a returning Lance Archer. Ooh. Yeah, now he just had a match in New Japan Wrestling, but he could easily be a part of this Forbidden Door, too. Yeah, I can see that. But um, yeah. as far as who I think is going to win this match, I, I think Sting and Darby Allen's team is going to win this one. And you're probably right. I, I, I just had that feeling Sammy Guevara is going to do something. <laughs> Let's see here. Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler. I've got Adam Cole, even though Tom Lawler did attack Adam Cole on a rampage last night. He's still, he's not the guy. He's not been the guy in a long time. Uh, your prediction, sir. Yeah, Tom Lawler's a good competitor. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm going with Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, you know, uh. Somebody who might be coming to... Hey, they might be a part of this match that's supposed to come to AEW is Davey Boy Smith. So, it's possible he could get involved in that Jericho match. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a good choice. Partner. Yeah, very, very possible. Make his debut. And they both have that history, him and Jericho having trained at Stu Hart's Dungeon. Yeah, absolutely. He's Canadian. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that could be uh, could be interesting. And then we have a pre-show match for the Women's Owen Hart Cup Tournament first round. We have Athena versus Billy Starks. I went ahead and picked Athena. I don't really know these two that well. I really don't care. But, uh, yeah, since I had to make a prediction, I picked Athena. Uh, your choice? Well, well Athena is, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Ember Moon from uh, NXT. Right. So, right. yeah, I'm picking Athena 100%. All right. And that is all of Forbidden Door Match Card. There was one other thing. One, two. You must have it. Yeah, I have one uh, more headline. Do you have the headline on uh, on what you call it's husband possibly yes. joining? Yep. Yeah, well, you go ahead and let's go over that real quick. 
All right, former WWE star who is known by many different names is believed to have signed an AEW contract. On Wednesday night after a live dynamite during the Rampage tapings that will air on Friday night, so it would have aired last night, John Hennigan, who has wrestled as Johnny Elite, John Morrison, and Johnny Mundo, also Johnny Impact, appeared in a segment with QT Marshall that featured the acclaimed. He had previously made his AEW debut as one of the Jokers in the Owen Hart Cup Tournament, but he lost to Samoa Joe in that particular match. John Morrison was let go by WWE in November 2021, along with several other stars, ending his second run with the company. And in between his WWE stints, he has been with Impact, AAA, Lucha Underground, Game Changer Wrestling, MLW, just to name a few. PW Insider Elite reports that while nothing has been officially announced, the belief going around backstage is that Hennigan is signed with the promotion. The report added that they heard he will be using the name Johnny Television, although it could be Johnny TV while wrestling for AEW. Well, that's kind of a stupid name. Why not just continue to call him Johnny Elite? I'm not a fan of that of that at all. But, uh, I mean, hey, if he's signed a contract with AEW, then that's a great uh, get. He's a reliable veteran and can certainly make a lot of different people look good in their feuds. Yeah, and I... Uh... I think this is a big step. I think that he does not get the respect. I mean, this guy's been a world champion everywhere he's went, except the WWE. And I don't want to see him back in the WWE because I just don't. I just, they always want to put him with the Miz. And, you know, I love the Miz, but this guy is a singles competitor or leader of a faction. And the Johnny, the Johnny, uh, the guy I seen in Lucha Underground, he is a dominant world champion when giving that role. So the only thing that worries me in AEW is they have so many athletes right now he could get lost in the mix, which is easy for a guy like that because he's so darn good. But he needs a microphone. He needs somebody to talk for him. I'm sorry. That's why they put him with the Miz. He needs a Paul Heyman or a manager. He needs something in AEW, someone to talk for him. A Don Callis would be great. And I and you watch how far he goes. Just give him that one little tweak, one little tweak for promos, and work with him. Nobody's actually worked with him on promos. You can tell that when he does them. Nobody's took in the time like Paul Heyman has with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns and, and, and Johnny... Uh, John Morrison, they're both the same when it comes to promos back in the day. So, what were you going to say? No, I was actually going to say, I think when he's given an opportunity to talk and he's not just fed these scripted lines and he's not carrying around the, what was it, the drip stick or whatever it is, that that he is a better speaker than people give him credit for. I'm not saying his promos are amazing, but the guy can talk when he's given the opportunity to just speak from the heart and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, giving him a manager, a mouthpiece is also not the worst idea in the world. But of course we don't know if he's going to be featured as a prominent member, uh, you know, as a prominent singles competitor, or if they're just like trying to throw him into another faction. Yeah. Keep him out of factions right now uh, is my advice. Put him, put him on his own with a manager 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, he can talk. He, he's a he's a Bobby Lashley right now on the mic, I guess you could say. He can talk some, but you can tell nobody's really worked, like, sat down and worked with him, like, here, man, here's what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, they just, and this guy's been run ragged. Man, if you ever get a chance, look him up on Wikipedia and see how many promotions he's worked for. <laughs> he's been all over the place. But, uh, yeah, sir, uh, that's all I have for this segment. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, that's really it for me, Kentucky guy. I was trying to remember if I read any uh, rumors that I wanted to that I wanted to discuss. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just curious to see how this year's Forbidden Door uh, pay per view lives up to last year's. It seems like fortunately they have AEW has fewer injuries uh, this year that are keeping wrestlers out of the event. Even though I know some guys are going to be working a little banged up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Better matches this year. Here's the thing though. AEW, uh, it, it can't be all AEW. Remember last year, it can't be all AEW stars winning every match. It can't be. Or it's just going to get boring. You got to have some shock factor there to keep us involved. Got to have some title changes too. AEW is getting very, very lazy on their last few pay-per-views. Of not changing any titles, and you got to have some upsets. That's a part of the sport. That's what keeps us tuning in. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't think of any other rumors or anything I've heard either. Uh, I know that. Oh, there was a rumor. I'm going to kill a rumor real quick. Uh, There's a rumor that AJ Lee was coming out of retirement. CM Punk's uh, wife in real life. She's coming out of retirement. Uh, she squashed that rumor on her Instagram. That is not happening. She is not coming out of retirement. She's just been working out with her husband uh, while he was going through rehab. And, yeah, I mean, she looks fit now. But, uh, you know, she's a former wrestler. She's an athlete. So she'll probably always look that way. But she is not coming out of retirement. Because she has a chronic neck, uh, neck and head injury that she's had for a long time now. But, uh, yeah. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your co-host is Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And as always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.